This is the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts. I'll be talking to podcasters who've made the chart, including Piper Terrett from the local lockdown. I'll be chatting to her about vaccine and Brexit. The PR guru, Paul Blanchard, will tell us who the trickiest guest he's ever had on his Media Masters podcast is. And my special guest pod star is Paul Barros from the Humorology podcast. If you love podcasts about business, but secretly wish they had a bit more humour in them, then the Humorology podcast is the one for you. I'm Paul Barros, and millionaires and megastars share the secrets of their success with me so that you can be successful too. The boss laughing is great. I don't think you want David Brent running every team. So if you want to know how the best leaders use the power of humour to build relationships, drive performance and make the world a brighter, better place, download this podcast now. With humour, it makes it easier to learn. It's not as good as sex, but it does release stress. I thought this was about humour. <laughs> tell us a joke. Tell us a joke. The Humorology Podcast. It's guaranteed to increase the value of your laughing stock. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Right, my joke. They don't call it the Humorology Podcast for nothing. I'll be talking to Paul Barros in a bit. I want to find out about dark humour. This is the Pod 20, which is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com and around the world on multiple platforms as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, the Adam Buxton Podcast. Adam's latest ramble chat is with the comedian Stuart Lee. 19. Happy Place from Fern Cotton. Fern talks to incredible people about life, love, loss and everything in between as she reveals what happiness means to them. 18. Revisionist History. Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. At 17. Media Masters with Paul Blanchard. Now, your podcast is a collection of long-form interviews with amazing people in the media... Who's the trickiest guest you've ever had on? Oh, I mean, obviously discretion is the better part of valour. Well, you don't have to name them, but you could give us a clue and what the problem was. I had a recently retired editor of a very, very prestigious newspaper um, who, who was not only full of himself, but... Uh, <laughs> Was was almost mute. I'd, I, I, you know, like you and I could chat. And I, what I like with guests is I can just ask a very broad, open question, and then just sort of set them off. You know what I mean, like the Duracell bunny type thing, and yeah. steer them in. But but like you get you get some people that are sort of just mute. They they just they'll like I said to this person, how did you take the newspaper to be how successful it was? And he just said, well, it was, it was about building a great team. And that's that's all that's he all said. said. And then I almost sort of looked at my watch and said, "Well, we've we've got another fifty-eight minutes, son. So you know, do you want to do you want to carry on?" Um, and I just, but you know, part you know, I try to be, try to sort of not be judgmental because it might you might have had a bad day, you might be tired, he might you didn't, it might have been misbriefed as to how long the the interview was. I, I don't know, but so you, you get people that that are um, that are. Um, you're not as cooperative as you would like or i mean sometimes it could be because they're introverted so you, you have to just talk for a bit longer or you just make a few cuts i've had a few people that have been quite keen to promote you know whatever they're they're on and again you have that it's weird when that happens because like 
It's like if you watch Graham Norton and Tom Cruise is on, you know he's on there because the new Mission Impossible movie yeah. is out, and that's fine. And you actually, the thing is, you actually do want to see the latest Mission Impossible, and you want him to say what happened on the set and all of that. So it's kind of, kind of the you know the audience are in on it. But when it's more, it's weird when it's a podcast if someone's got a book to come out or whatever that um, that you you have to try and you know give them enough time so that they feel that they've had enough time to sit talk about it but um but but often that's the i mean like jeffrey archer came on and um you know he had a new book to promote he asked to come on his team asked to ask for him to come on i said yeah i think he's great i've read all his prison diaries and uh he um he came on it and he said what what it was about but i I don't think he i think we had such a nice chat actually because he wasn't really that bothered about promoting his latest book i think he was just doing it because the his publishers had said but we actually had a really interesting conversation because i had genuinely read his prison diaries and i think most people are just asked him a few cursory questions about them, you know, from a brief. And I'd actually sort of really engage with him. And I mean, he said that, um, um, he's, he, he actually said that his own stupidity put him in prison and he blamed himself and took responsibility for being in prison, which is he'd never done before. And, um, you know, I thought that was an amazing admission, but I, I didn't sort of press release it or anything like that. The, the next day, cause again, I'm trying to not sort of stitch up my, clients and i think part of if i was like a proper journalist presenting a proper if this was like the times is media podcast i think i would be trying to sort of get the, the guests to not to entrap them or trip them up but just to try to get them to say something newsworthy that i could write a page lead about the next day yeah. i don't do that and click I just base, literally yeah. just have a chat yeah and i don't yeah. blame them for that they've got yeah. to, they've got to get listeners and so on but i think because i don't need loads of listeners i think that's why i'm sort of a little bit more relaxed about it and i also think it means that people are more willing to come on. And then the final thing I'd say on that is I do, I do rely on the guests tweeting and putting on their social media that they, they were on. And if they, they weren't happy with it, then I don't think they would. So I think Good again, point. that sort of yeah. relaxed vibe actually helps. Yeah. Paul Blanchard, who'll be back next week to talk about public relations. And Media Masters with Paul Blanchard is at number 17 this week on the pod 20. 16, Desert Island Discs. Lauren Laverne's latest castaway to choose eight tracks, a book and a luxury is the chef and restaurateur Monica Galletti. 15. Anatomy of Murder A murder case has many layers. The victim, the crime and the investigation. To truly understand it, you need to dissect each piece of a tragic puzzle and Anatomy of Murder does exactly that. Number 14. The Mindset Mentor with Rob Dial At 13, Humorology with Paul Barros. Now, in the podcast, you talk about the importance of humor in everyday life and in the workplace. Years ago, I met some people, they were nurses actually, who worked at Acorns Children's Hospice in Birmingham, and they had a very dark sense of humor. Does that go hand in hand with challenging jobs? That's a survival technique. When I used to train doctors, the surgeons all had that. And you notice that that people who, you know, work in mortuaries all have that. Um, that's a survival technique because you're dealing with such horrendous things. I mean, I can't think of anything more horrendous than the the place you raised money for uh, to work at in and having to deal with it. And I have a, 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 a good friend of mine who... who is a professor um, who for years worked at uh, Great Ormond Street Hospital. And 
you have to he's he's the most beautiful soul but you have to have a gallows humor yeah just to be able to get through life because the real things you are seeing on a constant basis are so terrible that you have to be able to it it's in a sense a switch that you have to find some kind of levity in these moments in order not to be pulled down by the gravity of what the real world is like, if that that is your world. So, um, yeah, the world is a difficult place and all of us will have difficult times. The point of developing uh, a great sense of humour is because that gives you a resilience. Yeah. And that's what uh, those people are, are using, that what dark black sense of humour, whatever you want to call it, gallows humour. They're using that um, uh, to cope as a coping mechanism. So I think it's very valid. It's the Humorology Podcast with Paul Barros. And Paul, your background is in stand-up comedy and you're a keynote speaker. I want to find out what the difference between the two is in a bit. Humorology is number 13 this week on the Pod 20. At 12, The Infinite Monkey Cage. A witty, irreverent look at the world through scientists' eyes with Brian Cox and Robin Ince. 11, The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. You might think you know what it takes to lead a happier life. More money, a better job, or Instagram-worthy holidays? Remember them? Well, you're dead wrong. Yale professor Dr. Laurie Santos has studied the science of happiness and found that many of us do the exact opposite of what will truly make our lives better. The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos, number 11 this week. At 10, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. And at 9, Curiosity Cake with Lee Delaney. Lee, how has lockdown affected your podcast? Well, I only started it in lockdown, so it oh, hasn't wow. really. Um, so you do the like guests I, a similar way to this on a Skype or Zoom? Or... Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I use like, you know, Squadcast to, to kind of record and things. So I just bought some some new kit to hopefully kind of make things a bit quicker. But yeah, everything's remote, um, which I think is good because if if, uh, if I hadn't started during lockdown I probably would have been trying to do something silly like traveling all around the country to like go and try and physically be in a room with people and I think lockdown has obviously made me not do that but realize that actually you can do it just remotely and I can get good enough sound quality from people on the other end where you know I don't really have so much control over it but where it's you know you can still listen to it fine um so I, th I think i think that's been good and and i probably wonder a bit you know with lockdown lots of people just being at home um not spending as much time working maybe there's more people ready to go on some random guy's podcast that just emails out of the blue and says hey will you come and do this yeah i did one uh, with dom jolly uh like this and i'm sure i got dom because yeah, it, uh, because of lockdown because right. he was he was available <laughs> I don't know. Having said that, I I would have I would have loved to have gone and hung out with him in his in his home or wherever we, we, oh, we yeah. met up. You know, I think that you know years ago I did uh, I did an interview with John Cleese in his office in Chelsea, and that was so much oh, fun. Wow. Uh, it wasn't for yeah, this this particular brilliant. show; it was for a podcast I did for the USA. But um, when when we get back out of lockdown, do you think you you'll go out and meet some of your guests, or will you will you continue to do it remotely? Um, I'll probably continue 
to do it remotely um kind of mainly from just that thing of having to juggle a job and and a podcast because you'll know um like you've got to put a lot of time into oh this is an incredibly efficient way to record interviews <laughs> the incredibly efficient yeah you know you lose a day if if you have to go and see someone to record an interview with them you've got to put a day aside or, or at least half a yeah. day was was this you know a few hours and you're done <laughs> you know yeah you know, get it it's set up find out about thing. them yeah, it's a very different thing to physically go to someone or have them come to you, isn't it? Because you're then getting into like people's personal space or your personal space, um, and, and, and maybe that and schedules, yeah, and and maybe that's another barrier that would make people just say no. Um, so I think yeah, lo- lockdown definitely helps, and I'm sure like I wonder how much money Amazon have made from like loads of people just starting up podcasts. Yeah, um, Amazon and Rode microphones, I think, have been the big winners <laughs> out of this yeah, whole when thing. Yeah, when I was looking for mics, it took a little while for me to be able to find someone that had mics in stock. So, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it was. There was one place. There was a particular one I thought would be good. I can't remember what it was, but I'd, I was talking to some people, and they're like, we don't have that one. Uh, these are similar, but we don't have those either. Um, so it took a little while to get them. Okay, so where can we find out more about? It's a wonderful podcast. It's called Curiosity Cake, and your suggestion is that you you sit down with a cup of tea and cake and just listen to it. But but you can listen <laughs> yeah. in the car or listen wherever. That's only a serving you suggestion. Yeah. Yep, you can have sausage roll if you want. It doesn't have to be cake. <laughs> Lee Delaney from Curiosity Cake, and the podcast is at number nine this week on the Pod Twenty. Lee will be back next week to talk about the research he does on his guests. Number eight is the Owen Jones podcast. That angry left-wing idiot off the telly's latest guest is Peter Osborne, a conservative commentator who used to work for Boris Johnson. Number seven, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, and despite thousands of interviews, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests, so he started a podcast to do just that. Number six, the apology line. If you could call a number and say you're sorry and no one would know, what would you apologize for? For 15 years, you could call a number in Manhattan and do just that. This is the story of that line and the man at the other end who became consumed by his own creation. Let's check in with this week's guest podstar. It's Paul Barros from the Humorology podcast. Paul, you're a sought-after keynote speaker. Your background is in comedy. Is keynote speaking the respectable end of stand-up? It is. <laughs> Not only the respectable end, Graham, the easier end. Is it? Because sometimes... Well, yes, because uh, having grown up playing the comedy store, and uh, I obviously know hundreds, if not thousands, of comedians, we would all get nervous at the, the midnight show on Friday night at the Comedy Store because the audience would come in knowing it was the Comedy Store and knowing that their job was to heckle. Right. And you know, also, they, there's been plenty of drinking time ahead of midnight, I would have thought, too. Yes. At midnight on a Friday night, they've generally left work at six and <laughs> gone on 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 the, the uh, pop, as they say. Um, so they, everybody was nervous at that. And the... Kim Kinney, who used to run the comedy store, he used to start the heckling if he didn't think they were being mean <laughs> enough. 
he really oh, wow. did. Oh, wow. you know, I mean, yeah. I've I've seen some hecklers destroy people. Uh, there was a, the classic one where the the guy went up to the microphone. It was an open spot, and uh, and he went, "Can you hear me?" And a, a bloke in the audience shouted out. Yeah, yes, I can, but I'm willing to change places with somebody who can't. <laughs> wow, wow. So you've got to read so, that room. Well, that's an easy room to read, though, I would have thought. One of the easier ones. Yeah, you, you have to smack them. But the thing about doing conferences, even though you will get the occasional clever dick who wants to be the centre of attention, it's never as scary as the comedy store at the midnight show on a Friday. So everything's easy uh, compared to that. People said, I was um, doing something in Switzerland re recently. Um, uh, well, actually, no, it's over a year ago, well over a year ago with this. And somebody said, this is a room for 4,000 people in the Swiss mountains. Um, and uh, I said, oh, aren't you scared of 4,000 people? I went, no, they're, they're pussycats. You know, the worst thing that they're going to do is if they really don't like you, they're not going to clap very hard. You know, that's they're just going to that's not going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. You know, somebody, you know, somebody really going after you with a heckle that can hurt. Yeah. Paul Barros, he'll be back next week. He's done so many things. I mean, he's a musician who's had hit records, a TV star, a psychologist. I want to find out how he describes himself. We'll find out next week on The Pod 20. We're into the top five now, and at number five, Shagged, Married, Annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. Number four, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. At three, The Local Lockdown, which is hosted by Piper Terrett. And Piper, so far, Britain's handling of this pandemic. It's not been good when you compare how the likes of, say, Australia and New Zealand have handled this thing. But we are getting things together with the vaccine rollout. We are. Well, it helps having our own, um, you know, Vaccine companies actually. Yeah, and, uh, and Brussels don't like that, do they? <laughs> no, no. I wasn't a, a fan of Brexit at all, but not to get into that comedy cul-de-sac, but um, I'm saying that, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. <laughs> do you know what? It's funny you should say that because I was, I was against Brexit. I didn't, I thought, you know, coming out of the EU, rather than giving us more freedom, would give us less. Because, first of all, you can't go and work in Europe without jumping through a load of hoops and work permits no. and all the rest of it. And also, I don't think that this dinky little island, as an economic power, can compete with massive economic powers like the United States or China, and now the EU, on its own. It'd be better to be... What do they say? It's better to be inside the tent peeing out than outside the tent peeing in or something, whatever it is. It yeah. just didn't make yeah. any sense. And when you no. see the success when Europe gets together of things like Airbus, you know, for years, Boeing and, and McDonnell Douglas, the Americans, uh, dominated commercial aviation and selling big jets. 
And then, and Britain had so many aircraft manufacturers. Uh, what was the one in uh, Hatfield, uh, De Havilland? And you had De Havilland, Brist- yeah. You had Bristol and Vickers and um, all the others. Uh, was it Avro? Oh, all these. We had all these different aircraft manufacturers. Never once competed with the American airliners, even though we had a great airliner, the VC-10. It never outsold the Boeing 707. And once we got together and became Airbus. Airbus starts outselling in some sectors, uh, Boeing. Mm. And McDonnell Douglas and Boeing had to merge to compete with Airbus. It seemed, you know, just we should get together with our European counterparts and use the best assets of it. It just made sense to me. However, however, I've had an example this week that maybe, maybe Brexit is the right way to go. Ah. As you know, Piper, where am I right now? In the cupboard. It's a it's cupboard a studio. Cast. It's a studio. Sorry, in... it's a studio. It's a studio. <laughs> my, my studio is actually in my wardrobe. Um, after I got uh, fired from my radio job, when they f- um, when when that happened, I had to work out how to make a living from home because of lockdown. Because I got fired in February last year, so I converted my wardrobe into a studio and I do a weekly radio show on podcast radio 5 p.m. every Friday and I also record audiobooks and so far I've done 29 audiobooks good grief is that how many you've done that's amazing 29 all available on audio uh, on audible.co.uk audible.com iTunes Apple if you want to audiobooks anyway so I've done 29 since May last year all from this wardrobe I'm moving out of the wardrobe. No. Where the, to? The audiobook business has become so successful yeah. that I can now afford to buy a purpose-built studio. Now, wow. not a giant purpose-built studio, but bigger than this. This is 600 millimeters or half a meter by about <laughs> a meter, right? That's, this is the space I'm in now. My new oh, studio will be will be one meter it. wide and one and a half meters long. Woo! It's a you can buy these things. They're called vocal isolation booths, and they're made of yeah. really thick material that blocks out pretty much all sound. Because right now, there's a main road back. Sometimes I have to stop in the middle of what I'm recording yeah. to let the motorbikes, motorbikes and the trucks and go by. Yeah. So this these vocal booths, you can buy them. And lots of people make them, and they deliver them, and you put them together like an Ikea wardrobe, um, and you get them. Now, I was going to get one from a company in Spain, and it was great. It was Uh. all decked out, had lighting and everything. And then I started reading about people who have ordered things online from the EU. Have you read these Uh. stories? No. No. It was a lady in the Daily Mail, and she ordered, I think it was... Oh, it's always the Daily Mail, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's anti-EU, it's Daily Mail. <laughs> anyway, she ordered some clothes online from a European organization. I think she did. Yeah. It was actually via eBay or, or Amazon even. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, she ordered, the, she ordered this stuff. And when it arrived, she was forced to pay an extra 20% VAT. Oh, no. Then she was also forced to pay some duty... And then on top of that, the couriers charged them an extra handling fee because of the nuisance it was when it arrived 
in in uh, in the port. So she ended up. I think she was supposed to spend about. I'll probably get these numbers completely wrong, but I'm yeah. gonna, okay, I'm going to make them up. Doesn't she was matter, supposed she was supposed to spend eighty five quid, and she ended up spending nearly two hundred quid. Um, <gasps> a- anyway, but that might not I hope be right. She liked them, but but even the twenty percent VAT is a lot because these yeah. these booths, these recording booths, they cost thousands. And um, this one in um, in Spain, I think all up, it was going to cost me about four and a half thousand pounds. Well, even if I, but even if I just had to pay 20% VAT on top of that, it's going to, you know, be a serious thing. And never mind the duty and whatever the, the, the handling charge that the delivery company would charge. And that's not even regulated. They can charge whatever they like. They can just make up a number, pull a number out. Spend another thousand pounds. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So then I had to look around and find one in the UK and I found one and they're brilliant. They're called Cube. K-U-B-E, and they're in Ripon in North Yorkshire. And they've been brilliant to deal with, and I've ordered one, and it'll be here in about eight weeks. So where does it? Where is it going to go? Where are you going to put it? In the other side of the bedroom. See, this was a wardrobe, right? So what I yeah. did was I got a rack uh, to put my shirts and stuff on. I remember. And put yeah. the rack on the other wall. So what I'll do is I'll move all the shirts and everything back in here, and the place where the rack is, we've also got some filing cabinets. We're going to sell one of those filing cabinets, and that will all just slot in there. Half of, yeah. So one meter by a meter and a half. It's got a door on it and lighting and a ventilation system uh, so you don't die in there. And, Good. Uh, it's got, I've had shelves specially made at the right height to put the computer and the mouse and everything. And yeah. the lighting and everything so that we're good for the video. And it's just going to be perfect. But it costs... I think it's going to cost, uh, and once again, I'm, I'm fudging the figures, but about an, a thousand pounds more than what the Spanish one would have cost without, the, what the Spanish one would have cost in January. Right? Yeah. Um, but having said that, if that means that this business in Yorkshire makes an, a sale they wouldn't have made, and gets and they hire people and they pay their wages and give them work. What's wrong with that? I'd rather yeah, exactly. pay an extra thousand pounds to them for their more expensive box. And from what I can see, they're no, they're no. It's not a thousand pounds more box. It's just it costs a thousand pounds more. But I'd rather pay that than. You know, overall, you know the amount of yeah. musicians who who are out of. You know, they can't play live yeah, now yeah, and they're yeah. just doing, they're doing recordings and stuff. Well, that's what these boxes are great for that too. And they build them to yeah. any size. I mean, I've just bought yeah. a voiceover one, so it's small. But if you played a drum kit or something, they'll build a big one. If you're a whole band, they'll, they'll build one, whatever size you want. Yeah. Well, isn't, and, and people would have previously been buying these Spanish ones. Mm. Well, isn't that kind of good for Britain and the economy? Yeah. So yeah. there is oh rule Britannia and all that jazz. Well, yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't see it because I'm not really that much of a nationalist. But but I really <laughs> didn't see it that way until no. this happened. And I don't yeah. know if that's a good or a bad example. And you know, time will tell whether Brexit's been a good idea or not. But I never thought it was yeah. a good idea. Never until mm. this. And now I think, you know, if I was running a business and competing with a a European, I mean, it's. It's anti-capitalism because it's it's, uh, it's you know it's not a free market. It's a, it's a protectionist yeah. market. But yeah. then again, we're about to head into like the biggest recession we've ever seen. Maybe we need every little bit of help 
We can. Well, I don't know if it. Do, yeah. I don't know if it works the other way. If you are exporting to Europe, maybe you get killed the other way. I don't know. But if you're bringing Probably. something in, it's better mm. to buy British now. It's the Pod Twenty, and we're up to number two on the chart, which is. The Battersea Poltergeist from BBC Radio 4. A paranormal cold case reinvestigated through a blend of drama and documentary. It's the true story of one of Britain's strangest hauntings. Which brings us to the top of the chart. And at number one for another week, it's... Grounded with Louis Theroux. In the latest episode of the series... Louis catches up with the actor, writer and director, Justin Theroux, who also happens to be Louis's cousin. That's it for episode 41 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Paul Barros, Paul Blanchard, Lee Delaney and Piper Terrett. Next week, my guests are Chris Barrow and Lee Milner from the Naked Gaming podcast. And you two will be the first married couple podcasters to appear on the show. Still married as well. Isn't that Still good? Mar- How long has it been? Uh, it's, you know, it's, long. it's coming up to our one year anniversary yeah. uh, in a, about a month or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, but I think given that what a lot of couples have in their first year of marriage, three lockdowns <laughs> is uh, quite, quite <laughs> good going. <laughs> yeah. 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 So relationships um, in good shape then? Well, we're still together. No, so. actually, okay. it's actually on air. We're nice to each other, but really behind oh, the scenes, it's like Fleetwood Mac in here. It's like mm, can't talk to you until showtime. No, no, it's been really, it's been, it's been quite um, an unusual year, hasn't it, for everybody? I think, yeah, for even sure. you know, since since the day we got back from our honeymoon, it was lit straight yeah. into lockdown, wasn't it? Because we came, we came back on uh, it was March the fifth, like fourteenth, fifteenth last year. Yeah, uh, sorry, two years ago now, is it? Was uh, it technically last year? Oh, no, because it's 2021. Yeah, anyway, I know what day it is. You're right, uh, uh, Yeah, last year we came back in March, and a week later it was lockdown. So since then the, the roller coaster started. So, Well, yeah. there are worse things to happen to newlyweds than having to be locked down together, if you know what well, I'm that saying. That could be true, I'm sure, yes. And actually yeah. we've been playing games a lot, haven't we? It's just yeah. given us more time to play more games, basically. And you've been watching Orange is the New Black at the moment. Oh, my. So basically when I watch a series... I, I like I don't stop. It's right. it's continuous. You started so three days. You started three days ago. And what, season what? three. Season three. <laughs> season three. I'm in the shower watching it, and then I'm like, get she out. She watches it through then... the shower door. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even hear it. And the podcast's called Naked Gaming as well. So Chris Barrow and Lee Milner from the Naked Gaming podcast, my special guests next week on the Pod 20. And if you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. What will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Louis Theroux still be at number one? Will your favourite podcast be at the top of the chart? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. 
You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.